Welcome to the Natural Life Academy. Two mums sharing simple steps to a more natural life, for better health and a happier planet. Okay, here we go. Hello, welcome back to the Natural Life Academy. I'm Kylie Ryan. And I'm Claire Cameron. <laughs> it's clearly been a while. <laughs> it's, and we it's, sound like robots, but we will get more natural. Uh, it's going. been a long time between podcasts. In that time, Claire's had a baby who just turned one, so clearly it's been a while. Um, we don't And, you know, time. small pandemic. <laughs> yeah, good old 2020. I'm pretty sure I feel like everyone these days starts their podcast episodes or videos with 2020, something about 2020. Anyway, we <laughs> do not have time for editing today. So we're just going to say <laughs> what we came on here to say and hope for the best. Um, the reason we decided to record a podcast today was because, as everyone would know, at the time we're recording this, it's March 2021. And in Australia, there has been the beginning of the vaccine rollout, uh, the COVID vaccine rollout. And this is just a conversation that Claire and I wanted to have, an open one that hopefully provides a little bit more balance. We feel like, especially with social media, depending on who you follow, you're either seeing very stark contrasts of one side or the other. And you can't seem to find any balanced information that helps people who are curious to just know as much as they can and make the most informed choice for themselves or their family. You, it's really hard to find that. So there has been a lot of research happening, especially on Claire's behalf. Um, and this is not going to be our opinions. This is not going to be what we are choosing to do. We're not even going to mention that. Um, it's just a conversation with hopefully some information that you might have been looking for. Claire, how do you want to start? And this? again, we'll add neither of us are medical professionals. We're no. not scientists. We're not, not trained in any of this. So no. we're just mums. A lot of people will just write us off for that. Exactly. Um, and we know a lot of you are as well. And yeah, but like Kylie said, we're just seeing a lot of, I'm going to say, I want to say a lot of meanness. Not really the word. Meanness. Kind of is though. I feel like there's Some a lot of judgment. And just awful chat. Yes. A lot of yeah. judgment around it. A lot of if anybody speaks out, you know, the, the media is straight on with that. Well, we said we weren't, we're not going to use the term in this podcast, but the media is going really hard with the, the, the anti-something campaigning and shutting people down. And it's just, it's not, it shouldn't be like that. No, curiosity that, is not allowed at the moment apparently because... Yeah it's implied that you are providing a threat to everyone else in the population, which I think is unfair. Um, and it makes people who are curious, just trying to find some actual proper information. It makes them too frightened to ask anyone to have any conversation. Like people are too scared to ask medical professionals in cases, one opinion, specifically one side or the other. So I just, yeah, I do think there's a lot of judgment and fear and nastiness happening. Exactly. Um, should we start? Should we start on medical professionals? And mm. just one thing that maybe some people don't know because I didn't know this until like I had a feeling, but I didn't know that it was actually in their guidelines. So medical professionals, nurses, anybody who's under APRA, um, which I can't remember what it stands for. Do you remember, Kylie? No. I don't think I ever knew what it stood for. Anyway, it's like they're, they're, they're overarching 
governing body. body governing body they cannot make any statement that is contradictory to the vaccines are safe and effective you should follow what the health authorities tell you to do if they are found even in their personal social media um, if they say it to a patient and that patient then reports them, they can be deregistered. They can be put on probation. We've seen it with a lot of people um, for very, very, very minor things. And that's one thing that really concerns me because I feel like you're not getting a balanced opinion from a medical professional if they have that, that they're not allowed to actually look at the information in front of them and make their own assessment. They have to say what they're being told to say. Mm. Which in um, this and case... And you can look all of this up. In, in this yeah. case, it's a little bit more difficult to listen to because what we are being asked to inject is not tested um, for as long as what you would normally have. So when they usually say safe and effective, there is a certain amount of scientific evidence behind that far greater than what we currently have with the COVID vaccine because it's so new. So, yeah, so the fact that they have to say that is is a little bit concerning and misleading for people who may not know anywhere else that they can look for information. Exactly. And the majority of people, I mean, again, God, I've learned a lot in the last year. I didn't know the, the process that vaccines go through to be approved um, and the testing. So a lot of... The government says that one of the questions people have is, um, is this safe and effective when it's been rushed? And people assume that because it's been rushed, it's skipped testing. Now, technically, that's not right. So they go through three phases. Um, it's meant to be animal testing first. I am not sure that that has actually been done with both the vaccines. That's another story. But so there's phase one, two, and three, which is basically testing on different numbers of people. Um, so it has been through all of those, but the thing is those tests usually go for years mm. to make sure that there are no long-term side effects. Well, let's but, just say, for example, at the moment, um, people may not be aware, but the techni technically the clinical trial for the Pfizer vaccine doesn't end until January 2023. So yeah. we've just gone past January And similarly with the AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca is actually later in, I think. Oh, yeah. no, maybe it's end of 2022. I think because it's different technology, perhaps the timing is different. I, I do have the answer. And they started at different times as well. Yeah. Um, but the the other concerning thing with that is, and I can't remember if it is both. I believe it's Pfizer. It's definitely one of them. They unblinded the clinical trial, which means that anybody who receives, so normally it's they receive a placebo or they receive the actual vaccine. Now, the placebo in this case uh, I've just had a mental blank. It was another vaccine. It wasn't actually a, a, a saline placebo, but they unblinded the trial. So anybody who received the placebo was given the option to then have the actual vaccine. Now, I don't know about any other clinical trials, but that doesn't normally happen really because it means that they now have no long-term comparison between the vaccinated group and the unvaccinated group in terms of safety. That I find really concerning. And that's one thing that you're not going to find in media. I had another thought that it's just escaped from my mind. I think um, the other thing that we notice is, and now this was definitely me a few years ago, 
was my sole source of information was the mainstream media um, because we believe that they can kind of have a bit of an um, more of an unbiased view. They just have to simply report the news. Um, but it's not, especially with something like this, it's not actually the case. There is, they have been given a directive. Um, and evidence of that is things like, I don't know if people would have seen the snip from the project, which you showed me, Claire, um, which was basically a discussion between the hosts on air, one who is quite influential in the media, and I'm not going to, I feel like I don't really specifically want to go into names, um, but he's quite influential in a lot oh, of the things. You could say in case someone wants to. Actually, oh, you know okay. what, if you want to look at it, it's in my Instagram stories. I've got a okay. highlight. I'm so it's a, creations on Instagram. It's a highlight of Waleed talking about the vaccine and he's just saying how he doesn't necessarily believe that it should be something that employers can require their staff to get for a job. And there's some debate from one other, I can't even remember her name, one other host on there. But yeah, I think then, that she was maybe representing some yeah, yeah, body. I got the impression yeah. she's she was trying to portray the message the media have been told to portray and she's trying to get him back on yeah. track to be like, oh, no, don't go all left wing. Um, mm. But he he says on air that he's being told in his ear to shut up and mm. Peter Hallier says, I'm being told to get Waleed to shut up and move on. So it's just there is a directive there. They're not supposed to say anything. Even the media are basically being told the same thing as what the medical profession are, which is, it's safe and effective. It's safe and effective. Keep saying that, keep saying that, which we're not saying that long-term it might not prove to be. We're just saying that for now it's that's not actually really known. So mm. we wanted to do research into that and look a little bit deeper. Um, so the other thing that's probably should be noted that I mean, I'm not sure, I try not to read too many of the news articles, but when they say that it's received provisional approval, that means that the, and approval is given based on assessment of the clinical trials. So say, for example, Pfizer presents all their clinical trial data. Um, they have to present other data, but it's all, all the information that's assessed comes from Pfizer. There is no independent testing that happens by anybody other than the company that makes it the company that is also cannot be held liable for any ill effects that the product might cause so there's another thing that i feel like people might not know so provisional means that they have to keep submitting the data and that provisional approval can be withdrawn if something happens um now i don't know if anybody saw but in western australia earlier in the week clive palmer took out a one-page ad in the paper um, talking about his concerns with this vaccine being not made mandatory, but it is indicated, we'll go into this in a little bit because I've got some other stories I want to share, that life will be slightly difficult for people who choose not to take this vaccine. Now, he talks about it being provisionally, being provisionally approved and his concern with that is that usually, and now this is something I haven't fully looked into, I'm trying to research it but can't find specific details, but for a, a medical product to be provisionally approved, it's usually for use in, say, I'm dying of cancer and I'm going to die 
unless like we've tried everything else. There is this other medical treatment that shows potential. It's not yet gone through the full approvals process. Yep. They'll provisionally approve it for use in cases where it could save people's lives. It's not the case here where we have perfectly healthy people who are at very low risk from this disease and yet we're being asked, encouraged, ridiculed if not, then New South Wales Health Minister came out and told people to stop being selfish and I can't remember the other derogatory term that he used. Um, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> so basically coerced into taking this. Because you'll lose freedom if you, if, you are yeah. not, if you don't have a vaccination. So, for example, you can't get on a Qantas flight. They've already said that. You definitely can't get on a Qantas flight overseas um, if you do not have the vaccine. Ticket Tech, I'm pretty sure, have said that you will not be able to purchase tickets with them to go to any kind of show, sporting event, anything like that. You won't be able to go if you do not have COVID vaccine. Um, so, yeah, it's coercion, which as far as I'm aware is against international law. Um, it is. But I feel like there must be a loophole there. But... Oh, I've lost my train of thought too. This is going well. Well, I'll just go on the loophole. I believe that the loophole is the extension of the emergency acts and the biosecurity threat, which I might have the term incorrect, but Greg Hunt, who is our federal health minister, announced earlier in the week that that has been extended for a further three months. So I believe that that gives them different powers. Um and also the government saying, they keep saying over and over, they will not make it mandatory. They won't be introducing things like no jab, no play, like in um, with the childhood vaccination scheme. But the government says that they don't have the power. However, we look at something like having a sign-in when you go to a restaurant. That is the sort of thing that's going to start happening. So it's not the government mandating it. It's that these restaurants won't be allowed to operate unless they check people's vaccination status before they enter. Now, this is a little bit of speculation, but this is what's happening in countries around the world. Um, shall I mention, have you, have you caught up your train of thought yet, Kylie, or yeah. should I go down this path? Well, I was just, I just wanted to quickly talk about the survival rate of covid non-vaccinated mm. because we started to talk about you know you're asking healthy people to get a vaccine that's still in its clinical trial when now this was at last check which for me was probably six seven weeks ago but the survival rate pre-vaccination for people over 65 from covid was just under 95 percent and for people under 65, it was like, I think, 99%, yeah, something around there. So like very high, whether it's 97, something. 98, 99, it's extremely high, which makes us ask the question, if that is the survival rate in general, why are we trying to vaccinate so many people? There is certainly, mm. and everyone should be made aware of this, especially if you're a parent, um, you need to know that on the TGA documentation for Pfizer and the AstraZeneca's vaccine, both specify there is 
no data on the safety and efficacy of the vaccine in children. Absolutely none. So you should know that that's not available. So if you're intending to give it to your child, you have absolutely nothing to go on in terms of safety and how it's... I don't think they can. bodies have responded. Well, I don't think they're the top of the list, but I do think that eventually there's going to be the option. So I'm pretty sure at the moment most yes, countries, it is, there's the rollout of... It is being trialled. They have required. started clinical trials. Um, I also saw a very disturbing thing this morning that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine have just uh, announced that they'll be trialling. It almost makes me cry at the thought they'll be trialling it in newborns. Trialling an experimental vaccine on newborns <laughs> who are at basically no risk of the disease anyway. And have so no it seems immune like that. system to even combat a vaccine. And Ooh. how can you how can you know the safety? I mean, physiologically, with whatever tests you can do, but you can't ask them how they're feeling. Mm. They can't report what they're experiencing after that. So and, that's and probably what happens a whole nother. If, if oh god, I don't even want to go down the track because it's kind of frightening. But no. the Concern about vaccine injuries as well is that basically the requirement for something to be recorded as a vaccine injury is if you have an anaphylactic reaction within like an hour or something of receiving the vaccine. So if you had a reaction and four days later you pass away from the vaccine, chances are that's not recorded as a vaccine injury because they cannot prove that it's connected to the vaccine. However, even if the only thing that has changed in your life within those four days is that you got the vaccine. Um, yeah. That for me is what is concerning because it makes me think, wow, that means that there is, with the numbers that come out with adverse reactions to the vaccine, that number would be significantly lower than perhaps it actually should be if the criteria yeah. for vaccine injury is so small like if the window of what you can actually report is so tiny so there was actually a study done in 2016 i believe which found that um vaccine adverse reactions are not rare they are underreported and it estimated that so this they collected data over four years um that the actual rate of report reporting is about one percent now the other thing so when we talk about vaccine reporting if you want to have a look you can look up the u.s vaccine reporting is the um v-a-e-r-s vaccine adverse event reporting system so you can go to that website you can click through and you can sort by covid vaccine and you can see all the reports that have been made you can you can put in it takes a little bit of fiddling around you can find all the details of every report every report now it's important to note that just because somebody reports it, it doesn't mean that the vaccine caused that. You can report it because that's what happened after the vaccine. My concern is that if there was any other product in the world where people were reporting this, like on there, there are deaths, there are miscarriages, there are there's Bell's palsy, which is reported in the vaccine trials, um, the What's cardiac the failure, all What's the spot sorts of the oh, um, transverse, transverse myelitis. myelitis, so many different things. If it was any other product that all of these 
reports were being made. I, I can't say that it would continue without... Let's imagine that those reports were made with essential oil use. Hmm. Can you imagine <laughs> how quickly essential oils would Let's... be taken off the market? You would not yeah. be allowed to buy And that people would them. immediately attribute it to the essential oil. However, with vaccines, it seems that it's never the vaccine's fault. And the other thing that I learned the other day is there's actually no way to prove whether, and this works both ways, of course. There's no way to prove that a vaccine caused an injury. There's no way to prove that a vaccine didn't cause an injury. And if so, someone had COVID and they got any of those symptoms, it would be on the list of COVID-associated symptoms. If mm-hmm. they died while having COVID, even if COVID actually didn't cause their death, if they had a heart attack, which is actually not associated technically with COVID because COVID is a respiratory illness, not your heart. But if they had a heart attack randomly, let's say they were overweight, they had diabetes, they had a heart attack and they happened to have COVID, that would be a COVID death. It wouldn't be a underlying health condition death. If they got the vaccine and they had a heart attack, that would go down as a heart attack. It's not mm. it's not due to their underlying health it's not due to COVID, their covid vaccine it's due to their underlying health conditions but it never works that way when it's the other way around yeah. covid always caused the death the vaccine said, never did um the covid deaths being wrongly and deaths being wrongly attributed to covid that's starting to come out in mainstream media in the uk there have been several news reports where people have come out and said my father died of this he did not die of covid and it is on his death certificate. Um, so that is coming out a lot. And the other thing that really disturbs me is that we're seeing um, reports of elderly people dying after the vaccine. And they say they were old, they were close to the end of their life. Okay, yes, that's true. However, like Kylie just said, if it was co- if they had COVID when they died, it's the worst thing ever that these elderly people are dying. It just doesn't seem to matter old, that they were close to the end of their life and they yeah, were old. They shouldn't have had to die. COVID took their life, um, yeah. which I would imagine either way, families suffer. Like there is no doubt yeah. that that feels horrible regardless um, if you have an older loved one pass away, whether they have COVID, whether they have the vaccine, whether they pass away with neither. But it's just that, yeah, we're just trying to say that there's always, they're always creating more reason for people to be frightened of COVID and attributing so many illnesses and deaths to COVID. But they are trying to provide perhaps a false sense of security around vaccines when it is untested it's not that it's untested it's not been through the rigorous long-term testing that the other vaccines have been through which is five or six years generally so yeah things like before we had the varicella vaccine which is chickenpox they all all of those vaccines that your children get in childhood immunizations they have been through five to six years worth of testing and trials and independent studies before they are administered to our children um and i can't just, guarantee there are independent studies on that that's actually true I have to verify that one is independent <laughs> yeah um oh i was just about to say something else and i have forgotten so while while we're on the, the trial thing i'm just going to point out to people if you 
are interested in looking at the insert, which I believe you should. So to be given a vaccine in Australia, you must give informed consent. And unfortunately, I personally, before this year, had never read a vaccine insert. I have had every vaccine under the sun. I grew up in a very medical family. If there was a new vaccine, I lined up for it. I've been to South America and had yellow fever. Um, like I've had every vaccine under the sun and I have never, ever been given an insert to read or been told any more than a few. Even then, I can't personally think of a situation where I have been told this. I remember when my children have received shots and you've been told, you know, they may have a fever, um, they might be extra tired. And you're given that little sheet with a little bit of information afterwards. Never have I ever been given an insert or been fully informed. No. Have you, Kylie? No, never when no. it's been a vaccine for me, ever. Yeah. So informed consent yeah, means that you are given the full information. So I highly encourage anybody to go to the TGA website. It is not difficult. You go to the website. The first thing that comes up is COVID vaccines. You click through on that. You can click on now the majority of Australians. Um, if you have elderly family members, they will likely be getting the Pfizer vaccine. Um, anyone under 65 is usually the Astra, is the speaking of that it's going to be the AstraZeneca. So you can go through, you can click down, and the first thing that comes up is the product information. And that is the vaccine insert. So on there, you can find the ingredients you can see what they've been tested for so for example looking at the Pfizer well maybe we shouldn't look at the Pfizer because most of us will be up for the AstraZeneca so the government has posted that uh, breastfeeding mothers uh, should continue to breastfeed no need to stop safe and effective However, Same for pregnancy. when we go, they've said you should speak to your doctor with pregnancy. So they're kind of buck passing on that one. If we go to the insert, it says use in lactation. There are no or limited data for the use of COVID-19 vaccine AstraZeneca in lactating women. A risk to breastfed newborns infants cannot be excluded. Now, that does not mean we're not, not at all saying that there is a risk, but the government telling you, that it is perfectly safe is not correct. What they should say is it has not been tested on breastfed women and the infants. A risk can't be excluded. You need to talk to your doctor and weigh up whether you think that the risk or the risk of the vaccine or the risk of the disease are worse for you and make your decision. That's really all we and so many other people who are being totally written off are trying to say is that there is a risk. There's a risk with anything and everybody should be given all the information so that they can make their own decision. Um, it also talks about how it hasn't been tested with other medications for interactions, um, has not been tested in pregnancy, has not been, um, it's unknown if it may impact fertility, no data is available. Um, and then it also includes the ingredients, which you can look up yourself. And I don't particularly in, want to go into that. In case, um, depending on age, AstraZeneca has also not been tested in anyone over the age of 65. So. No. Um, our, 
my thinking, I'm not going to say our because I don't want to speak for you. Um, You're probably speaking for me. We I seem know, to think a lot. <laughs> I know. I just don't want to say it, just in case. My yes. thinking is that if you are not guaranteed to get COVID. Now, let's consider I live in Victoria. Victoria has had the highest COVID numbers since the beginning of the pandemic in Australia. With that said, still only 0.44% of the Victorian population has ever contracted COVID. So that's if, if that's our total percentage of infection, then our total percentage of death is far, far lower. So if that's the case and only 0.44% of the population has had COVID, why are we asking as many people as possible to get a vaccine? Now, I know that a lot of people can say, yeah, that's because we've been in lockdown. And yes, that is true. We, we, don't, we don't know what would have happened had we not been in a lockdown. Um, but we also, that goes both ways. You don't know whether if we hadn't have been in a lockdown, would we have seen herd immunity perhaps kick in faster? Would we have seen COVID cases go up and our fatalities increase? We don't know that, but I am not, I know I am not guaranteed to get COVID. Therefore, it's not guaranteed to ever be a risk for me. It may, but it's not guaranteed. But if I get a vaccine, I am guaranteeing that I am potentially putting myself at risk. Like you can't avoid that potential risk when you are injecting anything into your body. And my thinking, and this is not based on medical knowledge at all, it's just my belief is I don't believe that we can think that when we inject something foreign into our body that there is not some type of compensation that our body has to do there is not another system that perhaps needs to take a back seat in order for our immune system to process what it has to and we don't actually know the effects of that now that's not to say I mean I've had many many vaccines in my life um, all of the required ones even as recently as when I was pregnant with our youngest who is not even two um, so this is not it's not to say I don't get vaccines because of that. I do. It's just something that I I weigh up the risk and I go, okay, well, I'm going to look at the numbers and I'm going to do some, some research here and see what I feel comfortable with for myself, especially because I'm a mum. I have people who rely on me. So I want to make sure that I'm doing what I feel comfortable and safe doing. And if, if people feel comfortable and safe taking or not taking the vaccine that's entirely up to them there should be no judgment around it it should just be that you have the ability to get numbers and data and something to base your decision off that doesn't label you as an anti you know yeah that's just my opinion okay um i just had to jot down notes while you're speaking so there is i can't remember if it's north dakota or south dakota one of those is very extreme. One of those is the complete opposite. They have never locked down. They have never closed businesses. They have never mandated masks. And they have had a significantly lower death rate of COVID. You can look that up if you want to check that. Um, I'm also going to mention the lack of any kind of information on other ways that you can boost your immune system. Yeah. So if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you'll know that we are all about natural um not natural medicine you know our bodies are made of nature we can do a lot of things to boost our immune system we're um, just 
I think what our philosophy is more um, understanding what our body is capable of and what it's actually designed to do and utilising the things that are available available to us to do that, to aim for a more preventative approach as opposed to trying to treat after the fact. Exactly. And that is one thing that has not been mentioned once in I have not seen a single politician, a single article in the media mentioning anything that you can do to help boost your immune system, any kind of antiviral, um, natural antivirals, nothing like that. I'm not going to mention any of that in here. That is something you can go and look up for yourself. It is not hard to find other things so that you, you can Google do. You Google immune boosting. I wouldn't food. use Google. Google's been deleting a lot of that information. Use DuckDuckGo. Duck, duck, go. <laughs> go. Um, and what was I going to say? <laughs> I just, there is, what I would have loved to have seen is instead of just putting I can't even imagine how much money it's going to cost for the government to provide all of these vaccines for free Billions. to Australians but imagine if they had a plus the advertising campaign some of that money towards providing you know giving people an extra 50 60 dollars a week to buy fresh food for mm. their family like just little oh, I can hear a baby little bits and pieces all right we've got a bit done pretty well yeah yeah that's all right I've still got a few things and she'll be right for a little bit um but also I mean it's all the things that Kylie and I've been talking about pre-pandemic it's reducing toxins in your home it's exercising it's getting out and getting fresh air it's all of those things that we do every day to try and be as healthy as we can be Mm. are not like then you don't do exclusive things to protect you from a particular virus. You do these things to protect you overall from any kind of foreign threat so that your body is strong internally and externally and mentally. And that's just something that is never, ever shared. No. And um, at the moment, and then, focusing on your health and trying to boost your immune system um, is almost taken like you are deliberately trying to go the opposite way of the vaccine it's crazy social media is making it interesting yeah there was a chiropractor up here who has been put on probation just for publicly saying things to boost your immune system to help you protect yourself from covid and he was put on probation for for saying that and it just it's like the world is upside down what's what's right is wrong and what's up is down and yeah, and the probation is because they're considered, they call it um, misleading information mm. and fear-mongering, which I don't yeah. understand. Um, so there's that. That's the other thing is that provisional approval can only be approved, only be given if there is no other um, preventative or treatment for the disease and then there is the whole thing you can look into again i've got a lot of information in my instagram stories if you go and look at my highlights but the fact that there have been so many studies published about i'm going to say it <laughs> hydroxychloroquine um ivermectin um zinc treatment um there are triple dosage in india they have a triple triple do- no what's it called Anyway, it's three things that they get in a blister pack. When they come to hospital, they're given that and sent home and it has reduced their hospitalizations by 
like incredible amount because they just can't afford they can't afford to have a whole lot of people in hospital with COVID. There's also a um, lot of there, there are studies about vitamin D. Um, so and many COVID studies and about vitamin D. Came out in like April May of last year. It's actually a really yeah. interesting podcast episode with Joe Rogan and oh my god, what is her name? Rhonda. Oh yes, it was. Oh hmm. god, what is her name? Anyway. Amazing. I think she's about May or June last year. Nutritionist, and I don't know. She's got lots and lots of qualifications, Um, but she basically gave the breakdown of vitamin D and um, how it works against COVID and all of that kind of thing. So there is a lot of information out there about Mm. those things, but there's just no one. They're not easy to find. They're not easily accessible. They're being deleted off places. But the other thing is, it seems to be buried. Um, so originally the original hydroxychloroquine article that was published was then um, retracted because people in the trial were given extreme doses that caused injuries and were they anyway again look at my stories because I can't remember the specific details so it was retracted hydroxychloroquine was then taken off Um, people were being in Queensland, I'm not sure about Victoria, in Queensland doctors can be fined or go to jail for six months for prescribing hydroxychloroquine off-label. So off-label means for something other than what it's approved for, um, like COVID. Starters, if it's approved, then it's obviously been deemed safe. Yeah, this is a drug that's been around for 60 years. Um, And so a vaccine can only receive a... um, provisional approval if there is no other treatment. But this other treatment that has been shown in so many studies to be effective in some circumstances. Again, it's not safe for everyone, but we trust our doctors. Shouldn't we trust our doctors to make that assessment based on their patient, on their patient's history, um, on the patient's consent in that, you know, if I go to my doctor with severe COVID and I say, look, and they say there is this drug, it's used for this, these are the risks, um, present it to me I say okay I'm willing to take that risk like the fact that that has been taken away I find very interesting Mm. um so there's that and then just I'm gonna have to get the baby in a second I'm just gonna take a little dart to Israel I'm not sure how many people have been following what's happening in Israel but they have had a mass rollout of the Pfizer vaccine since December last year with, um, co- with very blatant were, coercion, as in, like, I'm pretty sure they, they were so offering, like, free beers and if you they yep. set up at bars, free beer if you get the vaccine. Ikea, they had them at Ikea. So they've been locked down and they are now opening up only to people who have been vaccinated. So you must display your vaccination certificate and unless you have a vaccine, if you have not had a vaccine, you are only allowed into chemists or supermarkets. And this, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. This is actually what is happening. And it's going to start happening all around the world. If we think that it's not, we're kind of kidding ourselves. Um, but so there was a study published by Children's, not it was not published by Children's Health Defence, it was shared by Children's Health Defence out of Israel. Now, I have actually checked. In fact, I've got this, the... Um, the data saved on my phone. Sometimes it takes me weeks and weeks to post stories because it takes a long time to find all the background information. But 
how significantly the COVID cases and deaths increased once the vaccine was introduced, which I found really interesting. So I just read this to Kylie. The statistics that were posted in this article were um, among those vaccinated above 65. So 0.2% died during the three-week period between doses, hence about 200 in every 100,000 vaccinated. This is to be compared with 4.9 dead among 100,000 dying from COVID without vaccination. So this is a significant increase in the number of people dying of COVID who have been vaccinated versus who have not been vaccinated. Now I'm going to give you a little term to look up if you want to called pathogenic priming. And this is the Pfizer vaccine. This might not be the case for the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is a different type of vaccine. But in this case, this is what's happening. And it's even worse in the people under 65, it says during the five-week vaccination process, um, 50 in 100,000 died. This, can be, this is to be compared with 0.19 persons, people per 100,000 dying from COVID who are not vaccinated. So the death rate in this age group increased 260 times compared to the natural COVID death rate in that age group. Which is so it's... And we should point out that that study is... Uh, we, we need to look further into that study because it's being written off by a lot of people. And I think that the same goes with you can have people who are conspiracy theorists, and I'm doing the little inverted commas. Yeah. Um, they're written off really really quickly but then they also really want to write off scientific data that doesn't prove what they're wanting it to prove and it just comes under conspiracy theory and people just kind of accept that and go oh well there were these reasons why it wasn't accurate so we do want to look into why it is already being written off by people to see if there is anything askew with the the test but generally there's not um generally it's it's proper scientific data and they're just kind of looking for a hole to make it not stand up and be. Yeah. Um, so there is a little extract in this that says, um, this article cannot be debunked since it's based on real data that's been exposed. So this is data that you can find publicly. Um, so it's publication in the Israel Ministry of Health. Oh, since its publication, the Israel Ministry of Health and the Pfizer-Moderna Coalition keep trying to deceive the public with biased um, scientific articles. So there was something published in the New England Journal of Medicine that intentionally focuses on COVID sickness two weeks after the second shot. And people from COVID and other adverse effects after the first shot. So... Uh, there's also the fact that the article published in the New England Journal of Medicine, the author of that works for the Israeli Health Department and is the head of a research industry, research institute, which is sponsored by a pharmaceutical company. So often there's conflict of interest in the positive information. All right. <laughs> I think we need to wrap it up. I feel like. So what, what, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. So what our point in this is trying to share with you that not everything you see is, no. 
let me rephrase that. Um, there is information missing from what, what is being shared mainstream by our government, by the people we are meant to trust, our government and the media. And they're actually not the trusted sources of information. I'm just going to put a side note in here. Um, Queensland Health, I commented on a few of their Facebook posts, literally with quotes, like direct copied and pasted from the vaccine inserts and asking them a question. All I said was, why is hydroxychloroquine banned for use in Queensland? And why can doctors be jailed for its use? Now I got a message a day later saying that I go against their policy of spreading misinformation and fear, what did it say? Did it say fear-mongering? I think it mm, did. Not fear-mongering, but spreading fear. Inciting fear. For sharing information from the actual vaccine insert, inciting fear and asking a question. So there's definitely an overarching message slash agenda don't question to push the vaccine mm. um but, but it's also don't, don't question don't, don't ask questions question. do as you said yeah don't ever if question. we stop don't asking question. questions um, like what are we saying that for the rest of our existence you can just continue to tell us exactly what we should and shouldn't be doing isn't our body the one like that belongs to us isn't that the one yep. thing that they shouldn't get to mandate they shouldn't get to tell me what i'm comfortable and what i'm not comfortable with especially under these circumstances when the survival rates are so high. That's my concern is stop telling me to not question because the more you tell me to not question, the more I'm going to question. (laughs) And this is coming from a rule follower generally. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what, that that's a whole other podcast for another day. The whole good girl rule follower thing that we've been brought up to be. Um, But I'll also bring in like, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you'll know that like Kylie and I talk about how, the cleaning aisle nobody ever talks about the dangers of cleaning products and if we talked like two years ago if we talked about the dangers of cleaning products we're written off and told we're crazy because you know they're they're safe they sell them in the supermarket how can they not be safe or perfect we know like johnson and johnson talcum powder and look how that went exactly so if we don't ask questions about this and look there will never be studies for these those sorts of things. There will never be scientific evidence for that because who's going to pay for it? No, no big massive no company is going to pay for a study. No pharmaceutical company that makes it is going to pay for a study that proves that their product is causing damage. It's never going to happen. And the little guys and, and nature don't have the money to do it. So it's kind of going to be trial and error on your own body um, to find these things. So I... I do recognize for people that if you are going from like Kylie and I've been building up to this for years. Oh, this has been so if many you look years, at all the things. So many years. The willingness to yeah. question alone has taken years because it feels like such a big jump. Like you feel safe in trusting what you're told to do. And it is it's a big leap to go from that. Like even for my mum, it's She's had, obviously, me in her life who has been slowly (laughs) building up to all of this for so many years. But it's a big jump for her to trust her intuition on something like this and make Mm. a decision that she feels comfortable with and try and block out the opinions of others because there is nothing more polarising than vaccination talk. Nothing. Especially when you've had lockdowns that that have affected everyone. Everyone feels invested. 
And there's another thing that we need to ask. Why is that? Like, why is it? Just, I, I really encourage everybody to just sit with yourself for a second and think, why is it such a controversial thing? Why aren't we allowed to ask questions? Um, but yeah, like, like Carly said, it can be really confronting. It can be really scary and it can make you feel really alone when you have so many big voices saying, you're an idiot, you're a tinfoil hat wearer. Like, it's taken me a whole year of speaking out about this stuff to not be too affected by people. I, it used to, I'd get one message in my inbox and that would like write me off for the rest of the day. But now I know, like, I'm open to changing my mind. I'm not set in my views, but we, as I said, we've got all of these years and years of evidence of trusted companies and trusted products causing damage and uh, the improvements in our health when we've made these changes to build on which kind of it does create a filter for us everybody looks at everything through their own lens whatever that might be um but it's just something to think about it uh, like it's not the worst thing to change your mind it's not the worst thing to change your belief yes it's scary because and this is one thing that I think happens for a lot of people if they think well if that's not true if that I've trusted them about that and that's not true then what else is not true it's a like, scary spiral that you feel like it's a really about. scary spiral and it is very confronting but, but this uh making a decision about this that may not potentially be your normal decision doesn't mean that, that you have to change anything else if you no. take charge of this decision and you change your mind or you just decide to look deeper and decide whether you're comfortable, it doesn't have to mean change for anything else. It just means that you're trying to really do what's best for your body and figure out whether this is something you feel comfortable with. And whether you do or you don't, there is no judgment. It's mm. just we just want accurate, honest reporting on it that provide people with the facts and the information to say hey now this is up to you we can't make you do it but this is the information you know what we haven't said is that when the government says it's safe and effective so one from what i can find i can't find a definition of safe effective when it comes to these two particular vaccines they're talking about symptomatic so it has to have two I've got the insert in front of me, but two, um, like fever and cough, fever and sore throat, whatever, to be counted. So it's reduction in symptomatic COVID. They don't test everybody. They only test symptomatic people. So it's only a reduction in symptoms of COVID. It's not a, redu- it's not a reduction in a number of COVID cases. So no. I'm pretty sure they've come out and said it does not prevent transmission and it no. doesn't prevent like you contracting COVID. Um, no. they believe that it prevents, um, it lowers the chances of death or severe illness. Yep. Which... So that's one thing that you should weigh up for yourself. And the people who say you're a granny killer, if you don't get the vaccine, that's not true because that's you can still. That's a harsh term. That's honestly, oh, oh God, I know. it makes me so disappointed when people just go there. That is one thing that has broken my heart is how awful people have been through all of this. Um, But I will say, yeah, so one, don't be afraid of what other people think. Um, 
it's you. It doesn't matter. It's nobody else's body at the end of the day. It's and you, you also don't have to say You're the one who has to anyone. live with it. And you, exactly. You know, although it, who knows what it's going to come to. Exactly. I Look, just eventually, read a story. If your friends ask you out for dinner and, and restaurants require a COVID passport, you may yeah. have to say, look, I'm sorry, I can't come, I'm not allowed in. But for you may now, have to find a few friends and, yeah, start picnics in the park. <laughs> for now, you don't have to say anything. You don't, even, you don't have to say you're looking into it. You just, this is your body and you get to make the decision and no one should get to tell you what that decision is. Yeah. And that's, exactly. we're going to leave it there. We're leaving it there. And no, 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 I can't. <laughs> oh, I can't. Okay. I got one more thing. I just want to say that for all the people, I see a lot of people, so many people online saying, well, I'm just going to get it because I don't want to miss out on travel or I don't want to miss out on things. That's my only thing. And we said we won't pass judgment, but I kind of say that that's not a good reason to get something because if we all say no, no, thank you, that's not okay. Eventually those things have to be lifted. Like they're not going to ban everybody. They can't survive if nobody wants. And even if I was 100% for the vaccine and getting it and that was my stance it is not okay to restrict people based on a medical choice. And if like, that is what we need to stand up against here because is that the future that you want for your children mm. to be restricted, to have their lives restricted based on a medical choice that they may or may not agree with. And you just have to think, and this is what Waleed was saying in the episode of the project. What if it was something you didn't agree with? What if it like, I've tried to give examples um, in Instagram posts of like, what if it was that you had to be weighed everywhere that you went and if you were a certain BMI, you weren't allowed in places because you're a higher risk or like we should never, ever have our freedoms restricted based on a medical decision. Mm-hmm. And the only way to stop that is if we all say, no, it's not okay. Even if you do get the vaccine, it would be a case of you boycotting places that say that. Imagine um, if you weren't because- allowed to fly because you were a certain weight. Yeah. Imagine the uproar. And you know or what? you weren't allowed that to join a gym be because a you're too high risk. They used to weigh people before they got on planes to balance them out. <laughs> so imagine <laughs> if that was it. Yep, you're over a certain weight. No, sorry, you can't fly. Can't fly. Like, we just, that would be discrimination. Like you see all of the, anyway, we won't go there. No, but that's it. think of all the, it's discrimination and it's something that we stand up for so many forms of discrimination. We need to stand up for this mm. because it ain't going good places and when, not... sorry. Yeah. But when somebody else can make medical decisions on your behalf. And because it's not spoken about, we feel like because it is such a contentious issue, we feel like perhaps people don't know what those around them are thinking and they feel like maybe they're the only one that's questioning whether they should get it and they're too frightened to say anything because what if their friends are actually really pro getting it and then doesn't want to start an argument? Like I personally have friends that are complete opposite ends of the spectrum as me. So do I. It does not change how I feel about them. That is entirely, we can all respect that we get to make that choice for our bodies. You know, I have lovely friends who have family on the other side of the world that they are so concerned that they will, will not get to see if they don't get it. And I completely understand that. It's a horrible situation for them to be forced into. But I understand that. And if they feel comfortable, that's entirely up to them. 
And what I do is entirely up to me. But again, it just shouldn't be. They shouldn't it have shouldn't to be. make that You shouldn't decision. be forced to choose between seeing your family or making a decision that you're comfortable with for your health. That, that shouldn't be a choice. But no. Anyway. Okay. We're going to wrap it up there. All right. So I will end with I have one Instagram post that has 10 different starting points for questions to ask, for places to start looking into information. Um, if you do want to start looking at stuff yourself, as I said, first thing, go to the TGA website, look at the vaccine inserts. Can we maybe That's put first, that in the show notes? Stop. Can we put the TGA yes. in the show notes? Um, yes. Yeah, that would good be thought. a good place to start. Forgot about show notes. Yes. Okay, so we'll put we'll put a few links in the show notes of um, things that we've referenced in here. And, yeah, just... Be curious. Oh I've got like we are family coming. Have faith in you. <laughs> oh my god, okay. my brain. Definitely time to go. <laughs> well, I think we should end now. Yeah. Okay. So basically, just yeah, just trust yourself and do what's right for you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Natural Life Academy. If you love this episode, we would really appreciate if you would leave a little review for us and tell us what you think. And if you want more from us, head over to Facebook and join the Natural Life Facebook group where we will share more tips, tricks, recipes, and of course, inspiration for your natural life.